Hello and welcome to Weird Careers. I'm your host, Eric, but you can call me E.T. All over the world, people have jobs, and some of those jobs we don't even know exist. There are jobs that we don't know a lot about, and there are jobs that we just don't talk about. Well, I'm here to explore all of the above in this podcast. I will be interviewing people from all over the world about their strange and interesting careers. Everything from cosplay to sex work. Oh, did I mention this show is 18 plus? Over the course of this season, we will talk to people in all sorts of fields of work and dive deep into their profession. Also, if you think you have a weird career, let us know at eric at cardinalimages.ca. This show is brought to you in part by Cardinal Images. Get your business looking amazing at a great price. Check out their website at www.cardinalimages.ca for their gallery and quotes. On today's show, we have Connell Miller, who, I guess you could say, is the Sherlock Holmes of tornadoes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Connell Miller. Thanks for having me. Uh, Sherlock Holmes of tornadoes. That's a that's a new one. We've, we've got a couple funny names for, for what we do around the office. There's uh, post-tornado chasers. There's tornado detectives. Sherlock Holmes of tornadoes. That's a new one, though. Oh, well, maybe it'll stick. You never know. Yeah. So, so tell me, what, what exactly is your, your job title? So technically, I am a research engineer for the Northern Tornadoes Project, uh, and the Northern Tornadoes Project essentially aims to better detect tornado occurrence throughout Canada, improve severe and extreme weather prediction, mitigate against damage to people and property, and investigate future implications due to uh, climate change. That's that's a that's a lot in uh, in one breath there. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, explain some of that stuff there. Like the last one that really caught my attention was um, the effects it has on climate change. Could you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, well, sure. Uh, so first, I'll just say in in sort of uh, the simplest terms, my job specifically is to go to areas across Canada that have been affected by tornadoes and and to sort of assess that damage and classify the strength of the tornado or storm uh, based on that damage. Like when you when you see the news on on tornadoes, you tend to see like what their rating is, like EF one, EF two. Have you sort of seen those before? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. We've always seen the F this F three, four, five, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So that's essentially what my job is because we don't get those wind speeds based off like radar or uh, like wind speed measures in the area. Oh. It's all, it's all based off the damage that uh, the storm creates. So if it's like, let's say an EF three storm, uh, it tends to be like roofs are blown off uh, that sort of thing. Right. So that's what sort of class, the damage is what classifies the strength of the storm and not the wind speed itself. We just infer the wind speed based off the damage. So that's what my job is, is to go out and to figure out what damage was caused and uh, use that to infer what the wind speed was and give it a classification. Now, in terms of like future implications of climate change, that one's a bit trickier because we're still um, trying to get better at actually detecting tornadoes in Canada. Uh, before we started this, uh, it's the problem that Canada has a pretty low population density. So it's the, the question of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, do you classify it as a tornado? Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, before we were only like environment Canada was only, uh, detecting about 60 tornadoes in Canada per year. Um, our modeling has shown that that number could be as high as two to 300. Oh, wow. Um, so, so it's our job, uh, in the last couple of years is to try 
to improve the detection rate. And once we improve the detection rate, um, hopefully we can start getting what the future implications of climate change are. Because yes, we are detecting more tornadoes over the last couple of years, but that's just because we're getting better at detecting the tornadoes. So we're hoping once we get really good at detecting the tornadoes, then we can start to discuss maybe what the future implications of climate change are on tornado occurrence and uh, intensity. Wow, who would have thought that the size or magnitude of a tornado could show implications of climate change? Yeah, for sure. It's that's that's sort of like the the huge question looming in the background, right? That's like the the final goal, right? So we we've got a lot to do before we get there, but it's always sort of in the back of our head. So your current job takes you to the post storm sites. Have you ever been in an active storm? Uh, yep. Um, I actually had the chance to storm chase a bit last year with some of the members of the Weather Network in the Calgary cool. area. Um, and we we do really rely on data gathered by storm chasers uh, on tornadoes that touch down. They tend to post it uh, all over social media, which is fantastic for us in sort of the detection of these tornadoes. Nice. Uh, so I, I am personally hoping to try it more and more often as I, I get uh, further into this job. Uh, but I would like to get more experience with meteorology first because it can be like quite dangerous to do. Like right now, I wouldn't feel comfortable going out by myself without a trained meteorologist there. Storm chasers, even like the most experienced ones, have been killed before because storms can make such unexpected turns, right? And if you don't have that knowledge of the science behind it, it can be a very dangerous thing to do. So I'm, I'm hoping to, to get out more as I learn more about the meteorology of these things. But uh, yeah, I've gone out uh, a few times already with with trained professionals, I'll say. <laughs> right on, right on. So you said that you would feel uncomfortable going out to these uh, storm sites without a meteorologist. Um, what would the meteorologist have that you don't have or what kind of insight can they provide? Well, they're just, uh, they're very good at detecting A, where storms are going to be. So that's very helpful if you're trying to chase it, right? And and B, uh, just sort of how far away you need to be to still remain safe and any potential path that that storm might take. Um, so a lot of these storm chasers have like full degrees in meteorology or just a, a breadth of experience in storm chasing that I, I just don't have. Right. So that's, I'll, I'll stick to sort of the, the detective work uh, that happens after where I'm not in an active risk of a tornado for now. But again, I'd like to, I, I would like to get better. It is a, a cool aspect of it. Right. But. Well, of course. I mean, we, we have all seen Twister and all those movies yeah. that have these great, incredible Twister. <laughs> I mean, we've also seen The Wizard of Oz. Thank God that special effects have improved since then. I don't know. I, I still think Wizard of Oz holds up a bit. They didn't try to... I, it's not on my worst list of bad CGI tornadoes. Well, what, what would you say would be a really bad one then? Uh, Sharknado is, is very high up there in terms of like entertainment value, top notch, a hundred percent entertainment value, CGI quality, absolutely terrible. <laughs> well, uh, every time you talk about your job, you get excited. Um, so could you tell me more about how you got into your career? 
I mean, I, I honestly just sort of stumbled into it. There was no like defining moment in my life that was like, oh, I got caught in a tornado when I was a child. And ever since then, I wanted to research and study them. Um, Western University is just really world renowned for their wind engineering program. Uh, they built the first boundary layer wind tunnel for structures and tested things like the CN Tower, the wow. Spears Tower, Confederation Bridge. Um, so they were the first ones to ever do any sort of structural wind testing on these things. So as an undergraduate student um, at Western, uh, you get a lot of exposure to courses revolving around that that you wouldn't necessarily get at any other engineering program. Yep. And it just sort of really sparked my interest. I would say, especially in the summer between uh, my third and fourth year, I actually signed up for a research fellowship on a wind engineering project. And that's when I actually started going out on these damage surveys. They said, hmm. hey, we just need an extra set of hands. Can you uh, come out and help us? Uh, back then, the tornado, or sorry, the Northern Tornadoes project didn't even exist. It was just sort of, we were doing it as an extension of Environment Canada. So Environment Canada would sort of get our help with the engineering side of things. And yeah. now here we are later, uh, a more sort of uh, bigger organization, uh, six years later, still, still doing it. So are you employed by a company or how does that work? I am technically employed as a contract employee for Western University. Oh, okay. So when you apply for jobs outside of the Western University umbrella, do you go to like indeed or something <laughs> i would say uh yeah it's hard um applying for jobs like this having some sort of knowledge of meteorology or, or wind engineering what i would say is is the biggest step so that that's sort of the route i would say to take for if you want to try to get a job in these sort of things or just uh find an experienced storm chaser and get them to take you under their wing um if that's the route you want to go down i suppose right on right on uh so you mentioned you went to western for this um so how did this program um teach you and how did it prepare you for uh the real world so uh Initially at Western, I did a bachelor in uh, structural engineering, uh, which was a four-year program. And that sort of uh, really dealt with the fundamentals of engineering and material science uh, with some small exposure to wind engineering. Uh, but then it was sort of when I got into my PhD in wind engineering specifically, which for me was a five-year program, uh, you start to take more specific courses like uh, atmospheric physics, boundary layer meteorology, risk modeling, statistics. Um, you have to publish a thesis and mine had to do with the codification of wind loads on cladding, essentially trying to protect your house from uh, these tornadic effects. Uh, and that's sort of all led me down the road uh, to this job, I suppose. Nice. That's uh, that, that's quite the journey that you've uh, taken on so far. Yeah, it's it's a lot of school. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's honestly, I didn't want to go to med school because I was like, oh, I don't want to be in school for nine or 10 years. And then it just, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so uh, how many years was your program? Uh, so four years for bachelor's and then five years for the PhD. So I was in university for nine years total. <laughs> so about the same time as becoming a doctor anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I didn't have to do the residency, at least, which would be another couple of years. But yeah, um, I could I could have gone through med school, uh, uh, maybe even faster, because I think med school is just the four year bachelor and then the four years of med school. So I could have been eight years of med oh, school. Instead darn. Of, yeah. Did you pick the wrong field? No, no, no. Uh, 
No, I'm, I'm much more suited to this. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is your favorite part about the job? Uh, so I would say uh, two big things. Uh, one, it's a weird way, but a really cool way to see Canada. Um, it's sort of unconventional, but you, you get, you do get to go to these sort of like rural spots that you would never even think about going to normally. Um, like I've been to North middle nowhere, Northwest territories, um, all over Alberta, um, weird spots in Manitoba, uh, Northern Quebec, uh, that sort of thing. Right. So it's, it's, it's a really cool way to see Canada. Um, the other second thing, uh, my, besides doing the damage surveys, sort of my main role in the Northern Tornadoes project is to lead the development of our drone program. And, and what that means is using drones to help, uh, gather aerial photography, uh, to make, uh, these sort of maps of the tornado damage, as well as do like 3d reconstructions of the damaged area and that sort of thing. So I get to fly drones a lot. I get to like, uh, research what, technology would suit us best uh for like our applications and wow. uh learn how to fly uh some really cool stuff so uh yeah i would say those are the the two big things that i, I love about my job so you said you've been doing this for about nine years or so obviously drones weren't around nine years ago uh how has that part of the job changed uh like yeah so we we started using drones in 2018 and just it's amazing how fast the technology has advanced on that right mm -hmm. um like you see all these like uh media personalities like if you look at youtube or uh that using like the the drones as part of their uh videography oh, yeah. and, and and that's that's one use of it and and we're using it more as a tool to sort of be able to quickly analyze damage right because if you can launch a drone up the air and get all of these pictures it's very quickly easy to tell you what's the length of the tornado what's the width of the tornado how many trees in a certain area are down without having to physically walk that distance and measure that distance right so it's really sort of sped up our process and really uh impacted the the sort of data that we can publish and all of our data is actually publicly accessible if you go to our uh, website uwo.ca slash ntp you can take a look at all of the maps of the tornado surveys that we've been on it's 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 free for the public um we're sort of committed to open access data in that way cool so to all of our listeners we'll make sure to have a link to that uh in the description below um so those are all the pros what about the cons uh, the biggest con I can think of with this job is the very erratic schedule during tornado season. Oh, yeah? uh, you can be called out to a damage survey with essentially no notice and you have to sort of drop everything oh. and go. Uh, it sort of means I don't get summer vacation uh, whatsoever. I can't really do anything in the summer because oh, I have to be ready to go regardless of whether it's a weekend, regardless of whether it's Canada day, um, to any tornado site damage from the months of like May to September. Oh. Um, oh, so geez. like, for example, uh, there is one morning I came into the office at 8am and I got a text that says, Hey, we need you in the Northwest territories. Uh. You need your flight leaves at noon. And then, oh, so I had crap. to be, yeah, I had to be ready and packed <laughs> and run to the Toronto airport. Right. And it was just, wow. oh. um, so, so stuff like that, I would say is the biggest con. So we talked about movies earlier. Um, so how accurate is the movie twister and have you ever seen a flying cow? Um, 
I have never seen a flying cow in person, <laughs> but it does happen. Uh, specifically, I went to a damage survey site in Carmengay, Alberta last year where a, a dog and a calf, I believe, were sucked up by the tornado. And I, I can't remember how far they were launched, but at least a couple hundred meters away. Okay. All animals all animals were 100% fine. They all returned home wow, to their proper owners. Incredible. Yeah. No, yeah, it was. it ended up being a really good story. Um, so I, I've never seen one personally live, but I have seen sort of the impacts. It does happen. Um, in terms of the movie Twister, uh, they do a, a couple things, right? Um, sort of a lot of the technical talk they say is actually spot on stuff oh, like nice. the wind shears veering, uh, cap breaking that, that all happens. And they sort of over dramatize it a bit, but sort of the science versus money aspect of storm chasing does exist to some extent, definitely not to the extent that they, uh, sort of base the whole movie around, but it does exist. Um, the big things that they got wrong, um, you, they always say they looked at a tornado and they say, Oh, it's an EF five tornado. No, you can't know the strength of a tornado just by looking at it. Right. And, and meteorologists can't predict the strength of a tornado either. It's again, based off the damage it produces. So you have to wait till after the tornado has gone through. So that's essentially where your job comes in. That, that is essentially where my job comes in. So I like to nitpick on that a little bit. Um, uh, the other thing is, I understand that the other thing is tornado outbreaks don't last all night. Um, they're, they're sort of fueled by heat, right? So, uh, they usually, they usually wane through the night. Um, so if there is a tornado outbreak, it can start up again the next afternoon, but it generally, uh, won't go overnight. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And the other the last thing I'll just mention is they hide in the worst spots in that movie. I think they hide under a bridge at one point and then ah. after they hide in like a big hangar at another point. Don't do that. Go find a basement. <laughs> go go find a stable structure that's made of concrete. Go in the basement and hide there. Don't hide under a bridge where you could be hit by debris. <laughs> well, isn't that what the Weather Network tells us anyways? Yeah, exactly. So just s- small stuff like that. But I will say it's Twister is probably still the best tornado movie. Right on. So uh, you've mentioned some crazy days at work where you've literally had a few hours notice to go to the Northwest Territories. So is that one of your craziest days or do you have something a little more? Uh, I would say uh, uh, probably the the craziest day on the job uh, was when I had to go survey the EF4 tornado in Alonsa, Manitoba mm-hmm. uh, last year. Uh, it uh, was not only the biggest tornado in Canada, it was actually the biggest tornado in North America oh, wow. uh, that year. So crazy day. It was more like crazy days because <laughs> it, it sort of took multiple days uh, to go through it. Uh, it was the, the first damage survey that had been on that uh, had a fatality uh, associated with it. So it was uh, a, a bit tough sort of dealing with the ramifications of that. Um, and just, uh, it was a lot of damage to process, uh, a lot of people uh, who uh, lost essentially everything right so i would say that's probably the craziest day just trying to emotionally deal with all of that while still trying to get data to maybe help improve building standards or uh tornado detection warning so that maybe uh we do better the next time geez well that's that sounds 
horrific. Is I, I know not not to sort of be a bit of a downer there, but no, like no, uh, yeah, torn- tornadoes are, are are a serious thing, and uh, they do impact numerous lives every year. Well, that's the one thing people like myself who are fascinated by storms from afar seems to forget sometimes that there are fatalities involved with these gigantic storms. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, I, I guess I see it all the time. Right. And, uh, I, I guess it, it, it's sort of, again, the, the aim of this is to not only provide engineering data, um, for like the, the, stru- how it affects the structures, but also to provide, uh, data for, for anthropologists and sociologists. And we actually have some working on the project to, to help improve sort of how do people react to tornado warnings how do people react to sort of um not getting tornado warnings and 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 that in that sort of thing right oh wow that's that's pretty cool um so one more question i just wanted to ask you before we go uh if there's somebody that is listening to this podcast uh who wants to get into this field is there anything that you recommend to this person I would say, um, if this is your passion for sure, I would say, again, there's two routes you can go down. Um, if you're interested in sort of the detection of storms, um, and sort of the forecasting element of it, um, go, go look into meteorology. Um, I know, uh, York university has a fantastic meteorology program. I believe there's one out in Manitoba as well. Um, I look into that. Um, if you're interested in sort of, uh, the, sort of the structural impact and the more engineering side, come to Western University, uh, come take some of these wind engineering courses and, and see um, what you think of it. Um, and if, if that's not your thing, um, if you don't want to go through a whole four-year degree for this, uh, citizen scientists are incredibly important. We rely on data from Twitter and Facebook so much. Um, so if you see anything from the storms or if you happen to be uh, out there taking a look at it, use the hashtags uh, that are typically used. Um, so that would be hashtag uh, the first two letters of your province. So if you're Ontario, it would be O-N and then storm. Uh, so if you use that, uh, we'll see it. Uh, all of the storm chasers will see it. And uh, citizen scientists, especially in the time of this COVID-19 pandemic where we can't be physically everywhere at once, is just so crucial. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Connell, for coming on today's show. And listeners, remember, if you know somebody with a weird career, contact us at eric at cardinalimages.ca. Again, Connell, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, it was a pleasure being here. Awesome. Take care now. Yeah, you too. Coming up next week, we have Sith Jade, who's a sex worker, and to talk about the day-to-day activities and the day-to-day life that she has as a sex worker. All this and more coming up next time on Weird Careers. I'm your host, E.T. Thanks for listening. <laughs>